Hey, 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 everybody. I hope everyone is good. Hope everyone is well. It's been a minute and um, I want to share something with you before I go into this episode. Every time I went to speak on something that I had written down in my journal, topics that I had lined up, um, I was pulled back. It was either the feeling of not right now um, or not, not this time. One of the things that I speak about is intentionality and showing up correctly instead of showing up and just showing up. There is purpose behind what I feel like I'm doing at this present moment. This is an intimate place and an intimate setting in my life to pour and to share. About a couple of weeks ago, um, I was reminded by someone whom I adore, definitely a woman of God who really speaks to me at the core of my being. Every time that I talk to her, um, I am always in tears. Her wisdom, um, her grace, her love, and really her um, spiritual tactfulness aligns me. And I remember her telling me over and over, there are some things that God wants you to do and he wants more of you. And I started thinking to myself, you know, I've really been in this shift in my life where, and y'all know about the shift, you go in and out, ups and downs, you know, peaks and valleys. And I I thought while she was talking, you know, I've really been spending time meditating and praying and in my silent space and just allowing God to speak to me. But I knew what she meant when she said, uh, you need to spend a little bit more time because in the understanding of that, God gives us and shows us just what we need. And so while I took this break of not speaking on the podcast, and really just aligning some things that needed to be aligned. Um, I went into prayer this morning. I said, God, you know, show show me what I need to speak on, what is relevant for today, Um, what digs deep and what goes hard in the hearts and the minds of people who are dealing with life. It's so amazing that sometimes things are just brought together by what we feel like, you know, is um, happenstance, but not really. Um, And what was spoken to me was talking about betrayal and more so betrayal in relationships and marriages. And since we are a mature audience, um, some who may be in their 20s as well, 30s, 40s, wherever you are, um, this this episode is for you. I want to speak about betrayal because I've learned also that in this place that God has me, many of you, um, as I have mentioned in episodes before, I'm currently um, in school for clinical mental health, which is counseling. And there's an array of subjects and aspects of things to be learned um, from the psychological perspective, you know, learning about mental disorders, the way that people think, their actions. I mean, it goes so deep. I'm so interested in it. And I really find peace and solace in the knowledge that I have obtained. Many of the things to help me learn, and which I think is great and advantageous for what I'll be stepping into, is we have these visual cues and videos that are given for examples of what we will meet when we see clients. And one was very um, interesting to me, and it dealt with uh, betrayal in 
a woman and a man. And so as I was listening and looking at the video, watching body language, listening to both parties talk, I noticed the breakdown. And and that's what I'm supposed to do. Assess things that I see, write it down. Um, And then when I got into prayer this morning and I really started to think about it, um, I really wanted to address betrayal in couples, relationships, and marriages. I want to provide eight things um, that are led into the aftermath of betrayal. Uh, And I'll go through the eight and then I'm going to go deeper into each subject. Uh, The first is the erosion of trust, trust erosion, okay? Number two is the emotional impact from the betrayal. Number three is the impact of self-esteem and identity on the relationship and on the person. Number four, the sense of security. Number five, the impact of future relationships. Number six, the psychological stress of the betrayal. Number seven, social and familial impact. And number eight, the complexity of feelings. You know, if you've ever been betrayed, I'm sorry, if you've ever been betrayed (laughs) by someone, you know that it stings. It hits you in places in which you never thought you could feel. You know, not only does it hit your heart, your stomach begins to turn. Your mind is in different places. You're not able to think. Uh, you're not able to feel you are dealing with an array of emotions from sadness to hurt to anger, disappointment, frustration, and stress. And I want to dig into something. If you were the one who betrayed someone or you were betrayed, because my posture is to be in what I do in the medium and not taking side, I want to do this in a way that both parties who are affected will understand. You know, betrayal in relationships are hard to deal with for several reasons, all of which touch on the foundational aspects of human emotions that correlate with the foundational dynamics and interpersonal dynamics that we all have. When we talk about the erosion of trust, trust erosion, trust is the cornerstone of any relationship. It is the foundation. When you meet someone and you decide that this is going to be more than just a friendship, there is trust that is built up. And trust also leads to security, you know, security of the mind, security of the body, security of feeling as if you belong with this person. But when betrayal comes in the midst of that trust, it erodes it. It shatters what was built over time and rebuilding trust if at all possible, is the most difficult process. Betrayal can come in so many ways, and I'm not going to minimize any form of betrayal, but I'll put this on a scale. Um, Betrayal could be in a relationship or a marriage, finding out that your partner has been talking to or speaking to someone outside of the marriage. They are a third party. It could be words exchange, um, reading text messages where there was some form of care or love presented or just the uncomfortableness about talking about things that didn't need to be talked about. And then on the grand scale, the maximum could be someone cheating, going outside of the union, the relationship, the marriage and having physical um, touch or sexual 
um, interaction with a person. Both lead to the break in the heart, in the mind, because now the person who has been betrayed looks at the person differently in a, in a whole nother light. And then it leads to other complications inside of the relationship and individually in self. And then it leads to the second thing, emotional impact. When you have been betrayed by someone, it leads to questions about you know your self-worth and the way that you judged another person. Because sometimes, you know, again, when we think about trust, we put people on a pedestal, you know, not to say that we don't feel that people will hurt us because no one thinks that someone would hurt them intentionally. But we do put them at a place in which we found solace in their being. And when they betray us, we start to look at our own selves and we start to compare ourselves to the person in which was outside of that relationship, that marriage, that union, and begin to digress, which puts us in a spinning of so many emotions. We may even blame ourselves for what happened. We may even think that we weren't good enough because that person had to go outside of it and seek the attention of someone else. We may even question their character, the person who betrayed us. Because one of the things about betrayal is that when leading into the act of, a person can always stop. But they choose not to stop because there is something satisfying and exciting about doing something outside of the union in which was made. And so the betrayal also comes to the fact that someone didn't use their intelligence, their wisdom. Someone didn't use the actions to stop it, to say that it's going too far. They willingly wanted to participate and be a part of what is now wrapped up into betrayal. Number five touches on future relationships and Really, this is not in any order. So, you know, I hope I'm not jumping back and forth. But when someone has betrayed you, lied, um, when you've been hurt by something, it really pulls at the way that you see and identify future relationships. It can damage something that was meant for you because there are triggers that are associated with it if you do not heal what happened before. And I'll just give you an example. If the relationship before was met with betrayal, cheating, infidelity, adultery, however you want to mince it, and you leave that relationship, you leave yourself vulnerable to wanting the things that you didn't have in that previous relationship. And then what happens is that when you meet someone, if you have not healed, when you meet someone, something as small as Someone speaking slowly when asking a question may trigger you and make you feel that they're lying. Because your partner before, when you questioned them about things, their delay in response made you feel or you found out that they were lying to you. And so the new person in your life who may just automatically take their time to speak, it's triggered as deception. And then you build up a wall where you don't trust that anything that anyone says after, if you haven't healed, shows up as deception, shows up as someone trying to hurt you. Even though in the core of you, you want to be loved, you want to be with this person and you want to have a healthy relationship. 
anything that someone does can trigger you and take you back to a place that you have ran away from. And see, the difficulty in trusting someone after you've been betrayed not only hurts you, but it hurts the other person who has good intentions for you and is showing up in love and is showing up to mold you and to assist you in your journey. Your inability to not heal from what happened before will have you finding yourself in spaces and relationships just to say that you are in a relationship, just something to do. Because really, you're not looking for love. You're looking for someone to feel a void. And when you speak of, or when we speak of number six, the psychological stress, we're talking about it inside of that relationship of the betrayal, whether you stay or whether you leave the aftermath of it. The stress dealing with betrayal can have psychological effects that include anxiety, depression, PTSD, particularly if the betrayal was so traumatic or involves a long-term relationship. Many times after the betrayal, when you go through the array of emotions, the highs and the lows, some days you're good, some days you're bad, something triggers you, you go into a form of depression where you can't eat, you can't sleep, you are replaying whatever it is that you saw or the conversation that you had with your partner and you're still asking questions. One of the things that I found as well is that when betrayal happens and the psychological effects um, and the stress is brought together, no question is ever answered in the way in which you want it to be answered. Like you can ask the partner many times over about the person in question or about the relation that they had to the next person and they'll answer, but you'll never be satisfied with what has been given. And this is due to the fact that you're spinning this thing like a wheel over and over and over. And there is unforgiveness in that space. Now, I'm not saying that immediately after the betrayal happens, you got to forgive. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're not giving yourself time for space and time to heal. And that's why it's replaying over and over again. And that's why the answers are not satisfying to you. Many people find themselves after the betrayal um, in the lowest places. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to go anywhere. Um, they really lose energy. They lose the action to live the way that they did before. Because listen, when a connection is so strong, and I'm talking about a heart-to-heart, mind-to-mind, this connection that you have with this person, this bond that you have, it does tear you apart because the other half betrayed who you are. So you're no longer feeling whole, you're feeling half. It shows up in your body language. It shows up in your face. It shows up in your verbiage, the way that you talk about things now versus then. When everything was happy and together, there was more of a positive outlook on life. When someone has betrayed you and you're sitting with that resentment and that hurt and that pain, conversations are often full of hate full of resentment and full of pain. Not only does this impact uh, just you, but it impacts the social and familial impact. And if you have children, this, this is wow. Because not only is it stressing to the couple who is in the crux of this, the children are seeing the shift in the dynamic of their parents. They're seeing 
and hearing the arguments. They're seeing the space. They're seeing um, the disgust with each other. And it begins to play on the dynamic of the family, which was built on foundation. And I want to take it a, a bit further. When a betrayal is known to people like friends and family, y'all know how this goes. People pick sides real quick. And I want you to be careful with something um, when it comes to people. That is why it's very important that you entrust in people who are going to keep what you say to themselves. Give no opinions about what you should or should not do and assist you in your journey. Because again, this is what happens. People pick sides. And the person that you divulge all of this information to based on the betrayal may not have a heart of forgiveness after you have forgiven and decided to move on with this person. And it becomes a divide and a separation because now when you decide that you forgive that partner or that person, that individual, the love of your life, and you proceed on, if you don't have someone with wisdom and you don't have someone with maturity, they'll hold that resentment and remind you of what that person took you through. So be careful when you speak. Make sure that when you are speaking to someone, you are speaking with someone with wise counsel with understanding, um, objectively someone who has been married or are or are is married, who has gone through the crux of relationships and life, right? Who can give you sound advice or just be a listening ear and not take sides. Because not only will this affect you, the person who has been betrayed, but the person who betrayed you in which you gave that forgiveness to now has to feel uncomfortable because the person that they know has spoken to you knows about what they did. And if that person shows up nasty or unwelcoming to that person, it then spawns into a very harsh relationship between the two of you. Also, as we go into the complexity of feelings, which is number eight, the ups and downs that you will face, the moments in which you will be to yourself and again, replay whatever it is, you know, that you found out, um, the things that your partner said, things that you may have seen will pull you to a dark place. And in that sense, many of us, I'm gonna go back to this again. You compare yourself to the person that was outside of the relationship. You'll ask the question, well, what is it that that person did for them that I couldn't do? Were they more, more handsome? Were they more prettier? Uh, was it their education? Was it the money? You'll spin yourself again into this loop of asking questions that do not have definitive answers. And you'll pull yourself lower and lower and lower until you don't even see the light of day. And then two days later, you may feel better. Not overall better about the situation, but there's something that gives you some form of joy beyond the situation. And so you'll pick back up on activities and you do things and it's a way to get yourself back to normalcy. And then two days later, you're back at the same place. I want to remind you that that is normal. I think we don't normalize the fluxion or the fluctuation of emotions. I think many of us have told ourselves that we just got to get through it 
and it can't show up on the outside and to the person who betrayed us. Sometimes, you know, people want to take that honorable spot and say, you can't bring me down. And so they try to show up differently. This reminds me of something that I seen um, on social media uh, and it was written basically to say that when a woman comes out of a bad relationship, she goes through a dramatic change. She either cuts her hair. She starts working out, losing weight. You know, she's, she buys a house. She go to school, get a degree, like all of that. Right. And it's not to say that, you know, women are putting on and not to say that men are putting on either because men do it as well. Like there's a glow up that happens. Um, but let's not be in a rush to try to show that we're over the situation where we really aren't. I also want to add on to this. Now, I said that I was going to be mutual in this and the understanding, right? But let's be real when it comes to betrayal, cheating, finding out on the minimum that your partner was talking to someone outside of the relationship and it seemed to be very emotionally attached to the maximum um, physical touch, sex involved. There's always a breakdown in a relationship that broods. Sometimes we don't see the red flags because we don't want to see the red flags. And then other times it is that we feel that, you know, maybe it's just going through a slight rift. Many times couples experience communication breakdown. And this is what happens when a partner seeks and goes outside of the relationship. There is something that is not fulfilling in the way in which communication is posed. If you find yourself in the relationship constantly having arguments, one person is feeling that they cannot talk to a person, um, can't communicate their feelings, can't say really how they feel. Someone stops and blocks that. They don't feel validated and they don't feel secure. And so often the person who does the betrayal is the one seeking something outside of that. But I'm going to give you a clue on something and it's real. Now, I said all of that, but the reality of it is the person on the outside who is not part of the relationship will show up perfect. They'll communicate. They'll do all of the things that seem great because, again, they're not in the crux of the relationship. And many people show up better outside of a relationship or a marriage in order to impress someone else. And so what the other person seems to get that is outside of that relationship is something great, glorious. They don't understand why is it that they are having issues. But you can't be um, that person for long because what seeps out is exactly who you are in the relationship with that person and in communication with the outside person. Sometimes there's just unmet expectations as well in relationships and marriages. The woman needs this. The man needs that. No one got to a point where they decided that as two, they'll work on it together instead of giving up. Many times in unmet expectations, people feel like they have screamed and talked and hinted so much that they give up. And when those expectations aren't met, someone goes outside of that union in that relationship and seeks something further. It's the lies for me. <laughs> And I think that's what's big about the betrayal, the lies, because the truth of the matter is when betrayal happens, a person has to continuously lie in order to keep up with what they have going on on the outside. That person is coming home late, later than usual from work. 
You ask, why are you coming home late? Oh, I had to do so-and-so-and-so. And they make up a whole story, right? And in the back of your mind, you know exactly something's not right. Or a phone call. Well, who was that? Oh, that was so-and-so-and-so. There's the lie. Or the text. Well, who was that? Oh, it's just so-and-so. It's the continuation of lies to keep up with what's going on outside of the relationship. And that's what kills most people. Because again, it didn't have to happen. Everyone has the ability to stop it at some point. And it didn't happen. And I think the biggest red flag also is before the betrayal hits, there is a neglect and lack of attention. Where it seems that the attention is put elsewhere. That the things that a couple used to do or uh, places they used to go, they don't do anymore. Red flags could be um, if you're avid on social media or your partner's avid on social media and they've always shared pictures of family and you and them and all of a sudden there's nothing. Well, it is true they're trying to protect somebody else's feelings or they want to denote that they are single or that the two of you are no longer together. Red flag. All of a sudden, anything that is said is an issue. They seem to get more aggravated with anything that is said about emotion. They don't want to hear it. They shut down. And then suddenly they leave or they're on the phone. Red flag. It's an inconsistent behavior. The ups and downs, the ins and outs. Or they'll do something when they feel bad about being with the other person. They'll love bomb you. And it feels disingenuous. You can feel it in your spirit. You can feel it in the connection, in the bonding of another person. You feel that they're putting on way too much. And then let's talk about the aftermath of the betrayal, whether you stay or whether you go. I want to say this as well. If you choose to stay with someone who has betrayed you, know this. When you take them back, when you allow space for grace... You're also in so many ways saying that what you did to me hurt, but it is forgiven because I am willing to work it through with you. You will still be triggered by certain things while working through the process, but this is what you don't do. And let's come on, y'all. Let's listen to this real quick. When you take someone back and you speak the authority over the relationship and the marriage and you want to work it out. You don't come at the person every other day about what it is that they did to you. Because on the outside of this, yes, you have been betrayed. Yes, you have been hurt. But if the person on the opposite end is also sorrowful for what they did and they are trying to prove to you that they can love you the way that you want to be loved, work on the relationship with you as well. What you're doing is you're putting them in a corner and not allowing them to breathe. Y'all take a breath because sometimes when people get offended, they feel like they have leverage over people emotionally. And that's the wrong thing to do, because with anything, when you push someone in a corner and you do not allow them to opportunity to come out of that corner, they'll come swinging and fighting. And what results is what was worse than what you found out when it came to the betrayal. There's a breakdown in emotions. There's a breakdown in feelings. Both of you are hurt and then it becomes resentment. And then sometimes it becomes hatred to the point where you don't want to look at each other. 
You don't want to spend time with each other. Y'all don't even want to thrive in the same spaces and it becomes worse. So a word of advice for anyone who has been betrayed and the essence of cheating, whether it was emotional or physical, if you take this person back, understand that yes, you will go through the array of emotions, but do not keep throwing daggers at someone who has told you who has been consistently showing you that they are trying. This is not letting a person off the hook when you decide to forgive. And one of the things that many people don't do is that they don't say what it is that they feel. For instance, let's say that you were betrayed six months ago. You decide you wanted to work it out, right? Well, in the midst of this, you're going through the array of emotions. One moment, you don't want to be bothered. Something about the person's energy just, yeah, you you don't want to see them. You don't want to smell them. You don't want to act of love. You just need to be to yourself. Instead of rejecting them and the actions of physically pushing them away or just breaking down and being stoic, how about you use your words and you use your mouth and say, today, I was triggered by the incident that happened six months ago. And right now, I just need my space. And you can even, you know, listen, love is one of those things where it wraps us up and it makes us feel better. You don't have to withhold your love from someone that betrayed you, because if you still love them, you still love them. You can also say, I still love you, but I'm still dealing. And at this moment, I just can't look at you right now. And at least give them that explanation instead of closing off and making them feel that they are worthless. And for the person who betrayed the other person, understand that that trust is now gone. It is diminished. It will take you a while to get that trust back, for them to honor you the same, for them to look at you the same, for them to even want to be around you the same. And you got a lot of work to do. Meaning that you have to be open to the possibilities of showing them in every aspect that you can be trusted, whether that is telling them where you're going, opening up the phone, um, giving passwords, etc., etc., because you have to do the work, not that other person. And on the flip side of this, now coming to two mature people, let's have conversations. Let's talk about this. One of the things people are afraid of doing is hurting the other person. But let me tell you something. There is beauty in honesty, because when you are honest with someone, you don't have to worry about having to say it again a different way. So in a situation where the person was the person who betrayed in an honest conversation, whatever it is that you feel, listen, and this is not to make excuses. We have to be honest when we talk to people. If you felt that the person didn't allow you the opportunity to express feelings or anytime you came around, they were being naggy or whatever the case may be. Two mature people need to sit down and face the truth and the reality because the reality is that sometimes we think that we are a certain way, but the person who is seeing feeling and are with us experiences us differently. And if you never talk it out and if you never open up about it, No one will ever know. There will be a sea of resentment on both ends because no one 
was brave enough to be honest about what they felt. We have to practice transparency. We have to be open. If you love a person enough, even beyond the betrayal, if you love a person enough, you are more than willing to come to them and say what it is that you feel. And listen, give that person the opportunity to say exactly what it is that they feel. Don't take what they're saying as automatic uh, excuses. Take them at their word. If they're telling you that you silence them, that you make them feel inferior, that you, you know, as a, a woman to a man, you make him feel less than a man to a man to a woman. If she's telling you, you don't show up for me, you don't encourage me, you don't love on me. All of the facets. Listen, some of, we got to hear this. We have to be willing to have an honest dialogue in order to make things better and to make it work. Now, on the other side of this, if you decide the betrayal was way too much, I cannot go on. I know that in my heart, I can't forgive. It was disrespectful. And you decide to leave. Make sure that when you leave, you're done. Because here's a confusion in some of this. Though you love the person, you still love them. Love is not like a light switch, baby. You don't get to turn it on and off and feel no emotion. When you decide that you're done, it ain't no more booty calls. It ain't no what you're doing. It ain't no, you know, I'm feeling this way. I just want you for a second type thing. No, because then you're rounding back into emotions, right? You're not able to forgive the action, but something about that person is pulling you in and it's confusing, not only for you, but for the person who betrayed you, because then they think that they have a chance to make it work. When you're done, cut it off. And then when you're done, go on this intentional journey to heal from the parts of this that hurt you so bad. Journal your thoughts. Talk to a counselor. Speak with someone with wise counsel, whether that be a woman of God, a man of God, someone that you trust, a trusting family member who has experienced something as heavy as this. And then go deeper, go deeper into you. Do not compare yourself to the person who is outside of your relationship. Don't do that. Don't go round and round. And though you may not like the person who imposed themselves in that situation, also know that the fault is more on your partner than the person in which they invited to be theirs. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all, <laughs> y'all need to hear this. The responsibility is on the person who betrayed you, that partnership, not the outside person. They do bear responsibility, especially if they know that Y'all two were together in a relationship or a marriage. They do bear that responsibility. But the biggest responsibility that is born or bared, is that the word? <laughs> is on the person who was connected to you, period, point blank. And of course, if you see this person around and you're going to get triggered, you know, many of y'all going to want to fight. Y'all going to want to mince words, say certain things. But listen, also understand that you are greater and bigger than that situation. Leave it where it is. If you said you're done, you're done. And that's it. Now I want to turn into the beautiful thing about um, this resurgence of you after the betrayal. Something that I kind of noted on before when I told you about the thing that I saw how a woman changes her life after a breakup and men, they level up. 
there's a um, sense of security that you find in yourself when you realize that it really wasn't always about you. That when people do things outside of the trust and the foundation that was built, it has everything to do with them, right? And little to do with you because they want it to. You may have had your issues. You may have um, brought some things into the relationship that may hinder, you know, a way of moving forward. But this was not about you. Many times people have identity crisis after the situation where they find themselves stuck trying to figure out who they are. Because again, when a partnership is so strong and you done been together for a long time and you love this person, you have to figure out who you are beyond that relationship or that marriage. And so many times people find themselves in activities and things that they do they find uh, new friendships. They take a likeness to a hobby that they didn't even know that they loved. They explore different aspects of themselves. They find God, <laughs> you know, they find spirituality. Allow yourself to be just the way it needs to be so that you can heal. I want to reiterate this again. Do not compare yourself to the person that your partner decided to be minced with, okay? Because like I said before, the representative is what they have. The outside person doesn't know the ins and outs and the crux of that relationship, just like that partner doesn't know the ins and outs of that person. Every single person is a representative and representing themselves as the best light. So what they get is something happy, free, loving. And that is why oftentimes when people break up, and they try to go, you know, and try to make it work with the side dude or the side chick. It doesn't work out because that person figures out real fast who that person really is. So listen, sit back, relax, and don't worry. And when you have healed from this situation, learn to trust your own judgment. I'm going to say that again. When you healed from that situation, whether you stayed or whether you left trust your own judgment from now on because you know some of the things that you have saw it will be a trigger but also understand that your judgment after the healing gives you insight number one about the type of person that you're dealing with if you stay and number two trust your own judgment when it comes to people who are coming into your life and trust that things should be well and that everybody is not coming to hurt you. And that everyone is not coming to bring pain. Make sure that the decision that you make after the betrayal is a decision that you can live with. I want to point out these three things that are important on whatever decision that you make, especially if you stay. I'm going to say this over and over again until you get it. If you decide to stay, you have lended a hand of grace and forgiveness you have initiated a form of trying to make whatever you have with your partner work and become stronger this is not the opportunity to bash them against their head every single time you get triggered but to communicate with them thoroughly by saying in essence i'm having a bad day i am triggered by this moment 
in this moment, I just need a little space. I'm not throwing you away. I love you, but I need a moment to get myself together. And if you say it in love and not aggravated or agitated, you'll get a response that is needed for y'all to work together and move forward. Do not use the betrayal as a leverage if you decide to stay. Number two, if you decide to go, don't go back to what hurt you, okay? Don't dibble and dabble. Don't say, well, I still love you and, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? Because what you're doing is you flustering the feelings. You're confusing yourself and you're confusing your partner as well. If you need to take some time apart, then say that. But don't say you're done. Cut it off. And then a month later, you calling each other for a booty call or whatever. It's just confusing. Stay in your peace. And number three, whether you stay or whether you go, heal after this situation. If you stay, you and your partner need to heal. There is an amount of regret on their part as well if they are really and truly hurting that they hurt you and they are really sorrowful what they did to you. Allow them to heal. It may not look like you're healing, but you heal and let them heal and then y'all heal together. And when you heal together, the communication will open up. You will understand that honesty is the most beautiful thing because now y'all are aware of the way in which you can just announce your feelings. The bonding of love can be stronger because of it. And number three, there is a form of admiration after the betrayal when someone is really sorry and they really want to pick up the pieces and make you number one in their life. So decide what it is that you're going to do, but don't make yourself go back into the places that you're trying to heal from, okay? Thank you so much for everyone who has been listening. Thank you so much for everyone who has been supporting the podcast as well. Thank you, thank you kindly for your words um, and your love especially. Thank you for just the amount of space given um, to me in order to intentionally show up and be grounded because this Sometimes this can get hard. You know, I live my life just like everybody else does. Um, I'm operating in a different position that God has aligned me with. And um, I'm, I'm working every single day to get my schedule and outside things together and ensuring that I'm doing this in a well-rounded way while also being intentional about this space that God has really placed me in. I want to say thank you again to every single person and every single person who has purchased the beautiful reminder affirmation cards. I love y'all. Y'all are everything. Um, The support is enormous. Uh, And if you're new, y'all can catch me on YouTube, Season Dialogue, Instagram, and TikTok, Season Dialogue as well. All right, y'all. And I'm out.